0: Really, the goal is just to use our stories to bring veterinary medicine to life for the pet caretakers of the world. Uh, And we're doing it because we believe that educating these caretakers is the most powerful thing that we can do to improve the life quality of all of the pets that we love. Hey everybody. Uh, Dr. Natalie Keith
1: here. And Dr. Jessica Eastup.
0: This is Vet Tales.
1: And we're going to talk to you today about spaying and neutering your pets.
0: Spay and neuter. Yeah, it's apparently November is um, Prevent a Litter Month. That's the name of it. month, yeah. Yeah, I just thought it was an interesting way of
1: phrasing that. Phrasing that, yeah.
0: Like, I want to be like Bob Barker, though, and be like, remember, don't forget, Mm -hmm. spay and neuter your pets.
1: End of every episode.
0: End of every episode for decades. (laughs) Yeah. Um, which is, yeah, it is important. But I guess, yeah, I mean, you know, preventing a litter is important, but there's, like, so much more that's going into that decision.
1: Right. There's so much more behind it, like, you know, um, how they grow, how their hormones change, and cancer later on down the road. Yeah, um, pros and cons lists yeah, for days. Yeah, and definitely wanting to prevent unwanted litter- litters is important because of the population crisis we kind of have yes yeah. with especially cats and dogs. yeah especially
0: in Oklahoma like mm-hmm. I feel like some states are way better at this than us like Colorado I know they like a lot of stray dogs get taken to Colorado because oh. they don't have an overwhelming stray population and yet people are like really into um, adopting pets as opposed to like purchasing
1: gotcha that's great herbiv- yeah yeah
0: mm-hmm. so there I mean there is some hope that we can there get there mm-hmm. like with just like modifying our human mm-hmm. behaviors yeah yeah that's hence the, the prevent a litter month
1: yeah yeah that makes yeah. sense
0: yeah um so so i think you know it's something so first of all i just want to say dr eastep does a, a large bulk of the spays <laughs> and neuters um at north side because surgery is kind of her jam
1: yes i like doing them yeah
0: you yeah. have some today right
1: yes got a couple
0: yeah. yeah yeah so that's um her next project they're getting those Patients' blood work ran and everything.
1: Should do those.
0: Yeah, yeah. So um, first, I think uh, we just want to talk about like, you know, why do we or don't we spay or neuter hmm. cats and dogs, and the reasons we're making which decision because it obviously is different for every pet. And then we can talk about like maybe you can tell us a little bit about the procedure. Yeah. And then we can talk about like aftercare and yeah. And so forth. Yeah. Cool. Sounds good. Okay. Well. Um. So first of all, what. Let's talk about cats first, because we always talk about dogs first. Let's yeah. just like mix it up a little bit. What are your recommendations on cat spays and neuters?
1: Yeah, so um, I recommend doing them at six months of age, regardless Yeah. Um, of breed, of whether it's spaying or neutering. Um, and that's because cats don't typically grow that much more from six months of age to adulthood. Yeah. Um, but also they can start breeding at six months of age. Boy, howdy, kittens. Yes. They, they um, are quick. I, I've seen lots of kittens come in that were already pregnant at nine months of age, or mm-hmm. um, having kittens at that point, and cats, they like to have kittens. Yeah, especially so, in the spring. Yes, so um, for them, it's a kind of a hard, fast rule of five to six months.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, just to, like, poke the other side of this bear a little bit, um, some like just out of necessity, a lot of like shelters and things will recommend spaying kittens like immediately, like right. eight, nine, ten weeks old. Yeah. Um, will you touch us a little bit on like why as, when we're more like family pet oriented versus population control oriented, yeah. why do we typically not
1: do that? Yeah because you really don't need to mm-hmm. at that early. Um, you know when they're that young you have a little bit more concerns about their anesthetic risk. Yeah. Um, that you don't have to take if they're a family-owned pet versus if, you know, they were taken up off the streets and there's the potential they might go back. Yeah. Um, and so wanting to get them done as early won't necessarily hurt female cats later on down the line um, as much as potentially male cats. Yeah. But also you're wanting to control the population. Yeah.
0: It's, yeah, it's a double-edged sword. Like, so I get why shelters do it. And then you know, the reason that we don't recommend early, mm-hmm. especially, like you were saying, the males. Um, for us, it's really about the what we call the block tom, yeah. which is, I've always, like, questioned, like, why do we call it the block tom when it's almost always neutered males? But I guess our toms, toms don't have a different name once they're neutered, so I guess they're still toms.
1: I guess, yeah.
0: I don't know, someone can Google that. Yeah. Is
1: well, there? Well, I thought,
0: mm, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we may have to look into that. Like Like, you know. We've always just called it. Yeah, but I mean, when you think about it, it's like if you spade a cow, she's still a
1: cow.
0: Yeah. But a bull is a steer once yeah. they're neutered. I think it so, depends on the animal. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we're going to see some Googling on that. But anyway, so block toms, essentially, what <laughs> what happens is if they are neutered too early in life, their hormonal development of your genital tract is kind of truncated, mm-hmm. um, cut short to a degree, and that, that urethra can be. Um, smaller and so forth and they are more inclined to obstruct with urinary crystals or like mm-hmm. get or fiber stones, clots yeah. or stones or things like that that will occlude the urethra and if they become blocked if the urinary passage is blocked it is life threatening within days like really fast really fast yeah. and um, and then they're just more prone to it mm-hmm. like for life if they've ever blocked once you have to really
1: watch those guys yes, so yeah, um, and it's you know it's something you see in male cats a lot in general, um, but I think with the higher risk of neutering them earlier, you're risking those things, so you're gonna run into that problem a little more. Um, goats actually have the same problem, so.
0: <laughs> yes, and they have that weird little squirrely bit at the yeah, end, that uh, makes the urethral process. Yes. And uh, yeah, that little thing, it's amazing, even urine fits through that. Yeah. It's so tiny. Yeah. So. Um, Anyway, yeah, so that's, that's kind of the cat thing is, um, you know, AHA, you, what was their little slogan that they have? The American um, Animal Hospital Association says? Fix felines by five. Fix felines by five, yeah. Mm-hmm. which So we say six because of the males, but, like, for females, I think five is, yeah. like, definitely fine.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I cannot stress how many times I've seen kittens, like, nine-month-old kittens that have come in pregnant yeah. already. So, you know, five yeah. to six months is the time. Do not
0: dilly-dally. Yeah. Yes, especially in the spring and summer yeah. months. Yeah. Um, okay, just I have to I have to interject because I've googled <laughs> it. <laughs> I I literally never have heard this in my life, but this is what it says from thecats.org dot um, org. That once a female cat has become, so so they are already like a little bit. I don't trust them because they say once a female cat has been neutered, which of course um, females are spayed. Yeah. Um, they become a molly, and when what? a neuter. I, <laughs> When a a neutered male, uh, while a neutered male cat is known as a Gib,
1: (laughs) G-I-B. I've never heard this. No.
0: Yeah. So I don't know. But then also, so if we go to like Wikipedia, it says a male cat is called a Tom or a Tomcat or a Gib if neutered and a female called a Queen, uh, which Mm -hmm. when they have kittens, it's called queening, which I think is adorable. Um, they are called Molly's if spayed. Um, so, uh, so we have a, a Wikipedia context as well confirming this Molly and Gib.
1: In my eight years of education, I have never heard that. Uh, in my twenty <laughs> years in this field,
0: in my forty years of having cats, never have I yeah, ever. Wow.
1: Well, you learn something new every day. Boy, don't I?
0: Yeah. You're welcome, guys. I'm so glad you tuned in today. Molly and Gib um
1: it sounds like cat names
0: they do <laughs> i know i may my next male cat i might name him gib <laughs> i don't know probably not probably Maybe
1: not. like gibbs or gibson <laughs> my husband
0: names all of our uh cats and sometimes dogs off of uh john wayne characters so oh, that's yeah we had yeah. the general sterling um, price yeah so anyway uh okay so that's cats in and of an, uh itself um they don't get mammary cancer as often, so we don't talk uh, about that as much yeah. with them. It's really about pregnancy. Yeah, pregnancy a lot with them. So um, let's let's creep into the the canine section. Um, they kind of
1: break down differently, so they do. Um, because one, there's so many different sizes of dogs. Yeah, um, and a lot more to take into account. Of course, population is also a concern for dogs um, and how much they breed as well. Um, but they typically don't start breeding until about a year of age. But I have yeah. seen pregnant puppies as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've seen them at 10 months get pregnant, mm-hmm. but it is far less common. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. Um, so with dogs, you kind of run in, at, the rule is to, you want to spay them before the first heat cycle. Yes. Um, which is typically can happen between six to nine months of age yeah. for dogs. So um, with that, it's because the more heat cycles they have, um, you know, the first couple, you increase the risk of mammary cancer later on in life.
0: Yeah. Yeah, what, so when I was in school they told us um, that the first, if you if you can catch it before the first heat cycle mm-hmm. and spay them, you reduce their chance of mammary cancer later in life by like 92% yeah. and then it was like 70% after the second one mm-hmm. or something like that. Is that... So Somewhere were around hearing? there,
1: I, I recall being taught, you know, before the first heat cycle you reduce it by somewhere around 80% after the second heat cycle you've only reduced it by 33 percent and then after the third you're kind of...
0: I wonder if those numbers are going down because like cancer
1: is just more common? Could be or we're identifying it more. Yeah Um, that could be. So kind of in that same ballpark the gist is you want to spay them before their first heat cycle. Yeah. If they're a smaller breed dog. Yeah. Um, When you get into your large breed dogs spaying them too early may cause other problems later on in life so it's, it's a balancing act of spaying them at the right time um, so they don't have a ton of health issues.
0: <laughs> right, which you know sometimes we can't avoid but like we don't want to cause any problems.
1: Right, right.
0: So what are some of the health issues that we're worried about because that we may be spayed mm-hmm. or neutered too early?
1: For large breed dogs, um, a lot of Orthopedic issues, yeah. so um, you know ligaments tearing, um, dysplasia, hip dysplasia, um, joint mobility problems, things like that, um, where they didn't have the hormone in their body long enough to develop, to develop properly. Properly, yeah. yeah that whole um, so, for them, the recommendation is to stay between nine to fifteen months of age. Yeah,
0: yeah. So that's and it's tough because you know you can have females going into heat, With the males is a lot. Less complicated, Mm -hmm. Um, you know. I say that. You know, there are other variables that are at play. But like, for example, I have a ninety-five five-pound German Shepherd. Who was uh, he his name is Reuben, and which is a John Wayne character. Um, just in case you guys are doing some fact check fact checking, it's uh, Rooster J. Cogburn's actual name from True Grit is Reuben. Um, but it was also my grandpa's middle name and my mom's favorite sandwich, okay. and it's in the Bible. So there's like so many reasons that I wanted my dog to be named Reuben, and it just so happened that I was able to I love find a John Wayne to make it pass uh. with the with the husband. Um so anyway, he's a ninety-five pound German Shepherd. And what I did was waited for him to start hiking, Mm -hmm. Um, those marking behaviors. I was like, nope, we're not learning that. Mm -hmm. And so uh, he was about 11 and a half months when uh, he picked his leg up for the first time. And so just nearly a year old when we neutered. Right, right. So that was was kind of the breaking point for me. I waited as long as I could without having behavioral issues. Right,
1: right. And that's an important thing too. Um, Male dogs, you know. They want to roam, mm-hmm. um, especially if they know a smell a lady. Like yeah. yeah. So um, you don't want them to roam or get hit by a car, get yeah. found, get taken, you know, all those things. Um, so. Yeah. In all
0: of my years of emergency work, I would say the hit by car and dog fight dogs, I would say 75% of them were intact males. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Because they were just getting in
1: trouble. That's what they do. They <laughs> weren't,
0: yeah, they weren't thinking clearly. Yeah. So uh, making uh, definitely on wise risk decisions so so yeah that's something to think about um so what I typically will tell my clients on the males and females as I say you know let's shoot for 10 months especially Mm -hmm. if they're going to be super large dogs right you know if they're just like a little pity or something that's going to be like kind of your 60 pound dog I don't stress but when we start getting into the goldens the shepherds Mm -hmm. the dobies the you know and then the the big dogs like great pyrenees and stuff I will you know say let's get as close to a year as we can right right
1: and then you get to great danes <laughs> yeah
0: and sometimes uh, great dane owners they'll they'll get pretty passionate about this and they'll want to wait until the dog is two and yeah. and that's fine um you know you i guess you know you lose your your reduction in the mammary cancer right but also that's not really the the Great Danes, that's not their biggest problem. Yeah, you don't the golden, see The Golden, yes. Yes. Uh, but, but not
1: Great Danes. It's not as common in that breed, and they certainly have so much more growing to do and so much more bone and joint development to
0: yeah. do. Yeah, and they're so much more likely to develop something like osteosarcoma. Right, right. Um, and those bony cancers, and we can actually reduce the risk of those theoretically. There's a lot of research on this still, but um, theoretically, we could reduce the rate of osteosarcoma by delaying that in right. those giant like giant breed dogs yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah because there's a lot of stuff going in there um
1: another thing for female dogs especially is you want to spay them you don't want to just let them go through life not being spayed because they can develop what's called a pyometra yeah um which is basically a pus filled uterus yeah as i described to clients it is basically a pus balloon and it fills up and it will burst um, yes and it is very life threatening. Yeah,
0: yeah, especially if they um, if they have what's called a closed pyometra, where the the discharge of this this you know purulent mm-hmm. exudate is a nice word for pus, um, and where it if it cannot drain out, that's when that that balloon fills up to the point of bursting, and yeah. those dogs can die. Very quickly. In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, it's just not really great for them to continue to go through heat cycle after heat cycle if your intention is not to breed.
1: Mm-hmm yeah
0: and then like let's say we do have a breeding dog um, male or female once their reproductive job is done like for sure by seven I still recommend like so now our pyometer risks shoot way up right, there Right. and uh, males will get uh, BPH or benign prostatic hypertrophy so their prostate will start to cause issues with urination and defecation mm-hmm. things like that they'll get cysts and abscesses yeah. in them
1: and the only way to fix that is to neuter them. Yeah. And yeah. the only way to prevent that to is neuter to neuter them. them so. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, you know, neutered males can still get prostate cancer, unfortunately, but it's not super common. Right. Whereas benign prostatic hyperplasia is like 85% of dogs over the age of seven have it to some right. degree and it progresses right. as they age. Yes. And I would rather neuter a seven-year-old dog than an 11-year-old dog. I agree. For sure. Yeah. Um, just if I were picking. So... <laughs> Um, okay, so what about the downside of spaying and neutering? You got any on that?
1: Uh, mostly with the large breed dogs, um, and how how their development goes. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well,
0: and like obesity, right?
1: Yes. So, um, a lot of times, what happens with dogs? that get spayed and neutered, people worry about them becoming overweight. Yeah. um, Which certainly we do see. Yeah, Um, for sure. Their metabolism changes. Yes. Um, And so, you know, you run into, oh, we don't want them to be obese either because there's so many health issues that can develop from that um, just alone, just like with people. Um, So really when your dogs are spayed and neutered, you want to do everything in your power to prevent them from becoming overweight.
0: Yeah, which a lot of times is just diet management. Mm -hmm. You just got to go into it knowing like they can't eat the same thing. And then a lot of it too is like puppies will eat so much more per pound of dog than an adult anyway, and you keep feeding them like they were a puppy, and then they just keep eating it because they like food. Yes. And um, so some of it is just the aging process in and of itself. But certainly there's no question that metabolism slows down in altered – Pets, and so we have to be careful mm-hmm. um, with calories. Yeah.
1: And you really need to switch their <clears throat> puppy food around a year of age to adult food. Yeah. Because puppy food is high in calories and oh, nutrients yeah. that adult dogs don't need. Um, so if you don't switch them over, you're just yeah. overloading their bodies and with uh, extra calories. I
0: will even switch them sooner on little dogs. Yeah. You know, like the Yorkies and Maltese and Chihuahuas. Like, they don't need that stuff after nine months. They yeah. don't. They're done. Their growths are yeah, yeah. They're closed. It's over. Um, so yeah. So that's interesting um, to think about. And there are some spay like there's what's called cleverly uh, the spay and neuter diet. Yes. <laughs> um, I it's a Verback um, product, and you have to actually go to their website um, to order it. But it actually is really great because it does help the patient uh, feel less hungry. And it's like the right protein um, ratios for a spayed and neuter pet, like so they're more comfortable. It's not going to just bulk them up. They're not going to just get right. chubby real fast. Um, it's got fillers, you know, and things like that. So it's a really great diet for the for especially the dogs that tend to be a little more prone to obesity. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, yeah, the labradors. Yes. <laughs> Those guys just like
1: overweight labs. Yes. They're like
0: little marshmallows. And daily. <laughs> yeah, unless they're <laughs> hunting dogs. Um, so yeah. That's interesting. And then I think one thing I want to debunk, because I'm really into debunking myths.
1: I like
0: it. Um, people will leave their in their males intact because they think that they will only be protective if they are intact. And that yes. is a myth.
1: It is a myth. Um, You know, certainly when they're really young, being intact can have an influence as they grow. Like you said, Ruben started. Hiking at yeah. 11 months. and
0: they can be like dog aggressive because they're intact. Yeah, but as far as protective,
1: that's that's really who they are. That's, that's a like mental inherent thing. in yeah, who yeah. they are, whether they have it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, being intact is not going to make your dog one way or the other mm-hmm. versus being protective, um, but it can make them more. Animal aggressive, dog yes. aggressive for sure. Yeah, you
0: have way more inter household problems mm-hmm. uh, or neighbor dog problems if your pets are intact because right. that territorialism.
1: Yeah, yeah. And when they go looking for females that are in heat, they're more likely to fight the yep. ball because of it. So. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's, um, yeah. So just like, because I think. The reason I bring it up now is just, like, why do people choose not to spay and neuter if, if they are not intending to breed? Because, mm. obviously, that would be the the main reason to not spay and neuter is, like, we want to breed. Right. But if you don't want to breed, that that's one of the – the obesity is the number one complaint. And then people think their dog won't be protected if they're right. not, you know, intact. Right. So,
1: yeah.
0: So, um, other than that, I don't have, like, great reasons why you would not
1: – There's not really um... – just because i mean we see it every day the problems that arise from animals that aren't spayed and neutered um so we see it so much more than everyone else gets too because we see so many animals in a day right Um, and so really being able to manage their food and their diet um and knowing that it's not really going to change how protective they are of you um can really change the story on when you neuter a spade pet
0: yeah um, do you want to just take a couple minutes to tell people about the process of a neuter and a spay? Yeah, yeah.
1: so um, for for the puppies and kittens, um, you know, you, you bring them in early, you bring them in pretty early, you know, fast them overnight, depending on the size of the dog or cat. Um, and basically what we do is blood work before they're sedated um, and anesthetized because we want to make sure everything's looking good. Yeah. Um, and then they get sedated, um, and then they get anesthetized, so they get under general anesthesia, like if you were to go into a big surgery. Um, and then um, for neutering, it takes minutes. It doesn't yeah. take very long.
0: Um, and it's just a skin infection. The way that we do there, yeah. there are a couple of different ways to do them, but the way we do them is literally just skin. And skin. Yep. Yep. You're not even going in the in the tummy.
1: Nope, you just open up around their scrotum and you get them out. Yep. But um, spays are a little more um, invasive. invasive. Um, that is because you do have to open up their abdomen um, and go in and pull the ovaries and the uterus out.
0: Yeah, so in veterinary medicine traditionally we do ovariohysterectomies, mm-hmm. meaning the ovary and the uterus are removed up to the cervix. Um, which like is not the case in humans. Like they'll right. just do hysterectomies and leave their right. ovaries. Um unless you don't want the hormones. Yeah. Either. Unless you like have a hormone reason, like, you know, something going on with your ovaries that would warrant otherwise. Right. But the reason we choose to take out the ovaries and uh, the entire uterus in dogs is uh, to get those behavioral benefits, to decrease the risk of hormone fluctuations. Mm-hmm. We're not going to have stump pyometras where, like, even the cervix can get turned into the little pus balloons right. we talked about. So yeah, it's, it's very some some veterinarians do just remove either the ovaries. I think is actually probably the more ovariectomy, Yeah, yeah, the ovariectomy. Yeah. And, um, and then those dogs are just, in my opinion, which is just my opinion, and probably mm-hmm. Dr. Esteps as well, just sets them up for pyOs. Right, um, yeah.
1: I, I think the thought process behind it is once you take away the hormonal influence, the uterus, the organ itself, kind of starts to shrivel up and go mm-hmm. away, but you're still dealing with tissue in the abdomen mm-hmm. that's just now sitting there
0: yeah so currently i believe that abma or the american veterinary medical association still recommends a full ovarian yeah. strectomy yeah. um, so we we tend to here follow the aha and abma guidelines mm-hmm. as closely as possible
1: yes. yeah and um, so once they're done with Surgery, we wake them up. Um, they spend the day with us so we can keep an eye on them, um, mm-hmm. and then they go home. It's an outpatient procedure; they go home that afternoon. Yep, yeah, we send them home on some
0: anti-inflammatories. Mm-hmm. They've had pain meds in there, um, in their anesthetic protocol, yeah. so they 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 usually are doing great. I mean, the biggest thing is just like making sure they're not licking their incision sites because mm-hmm. yes, that's that's a, that's a pickle.
1: That is. It can it can turn really bad really fast if they lick their incision sites. Yeah,
0: Yeah, they can get them infected, they Mm -hmm. can dissolve their stitches. Mm -hmm. We do intradermal patterns, uh, meaning the stitches are inside the skin layer so you don't actually have to do suture removals layer. Um, But yeah, you don't want your dog like still licking them out. Oh
1: yeah, they can lick enough to where they break the suture down and for female dogs they can reopen their abdomen if they lick it enough.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I've seen it a couple of times over the, the past couple of decades. Although, to be honest, the um, the ones that I have seen, the two two that stand at my mind were both post-X laps. Okay. So they, the dogs that had exploratory surgeries where we had, had to go in and, like, remove a sock from the intestines or something. And um, then those are already dogs that are a little bit... Right, they're out of control. Yes. <laughs> like, They're
1: doing things they shouldn't be doing. They already
0: so. uh, got the whole, you know, um, eating, licking, chewing thing going. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, they licked until they got their stitches yeah. open and, but I'm they sure. were, they were both fine. We we Good. fixed everything. Good. Well, you were there for Goliath.
1: Uh yes. Yes, I was. <laughs> yeah. That was a what King
0: Corso. Yeah. That was the day after the tornado and we literally had to do a surgery with a headlamp. <laughs> it was like a mash unit. Yes
1: but we did it. We
0: did do it. Yeah. Um, anyway, that was wild. Um, okay. So, so yeah, I mean, that's the long and the short of it is, you know, if you're not going to breed spaying into your pets, uh, bullet points are cats around five to six months. Um, same, uh, for dogs that are going to be smaller breeds, anything under 50 pounds over that, we're going to try to push them closer to a year if Mm -hmm. possible. Um, and then, if you are using your dog for breeding, we would still recommend spay and neutering post their reproductive job. you yeah. know so five, six, seven years old whenever you're done uh, depending on the dog. And um, lots of lots of life benefits for that. And really the big thing is just like making sure we're monitoring their weight. Yes,
1: yeah. so I'm managing
0: that. Yes. Yeah, so much to be benefited from in the spay and neuter. Um, if you're a Northside client and you're listening to this, we do have a um, this all month long promotion for uh, Prevent a Litter Month, which is fifty dollars off spays and neuters.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. so bring them in. Yeah, yeah, we're here to
0: help. Um, if you guys have questions about it, if you're on the fence about it, if you don't know what to do, um, then just call us. That we're always here for questions. Yeah. That's that's all. You got anything else? Nope, that's it. Just yep. Bob Barker signing off.
1: <laughs> Staying new to your pets. That's right. Don't forget. Okay, bye, guys. Bye.
0: Hey, you want some bonus content? If you're still listening, then uh, first of all, thank you. And secondly, another quick tale for you. We just, um this week a few days after recording this um, podcast episode, had a 12-year-old chocolate lab come in um, for some general ailment issues and actually had testicular cancer. So we have since neutered him um, and hopefully we've caught it in time uh, to prevent the spread. But just another kind of PSA, like even if these dogs are being used for um, reproductive purposes or if there are other reasons why you don't want to neuter, still as that dog crosses that seven, eight, year old threshold, we still encourage neutering to prevent things like the testicular cancer that we um, diagnosed this week. So um, that's just a PSA, but I hope y'all are having a good one. Holler if you need us. Bye.